0: Did you guys know that there was a day when everyone did not have an Apple device in his or her pocket? These days, it seems like everyone has some Apple products. We did an impromptu survey in Sunday school for Miss Marcy, and uh, we have nine Apple phones out of ten phones in Sunday school Uh, She is a Windows person, so she was already heckling me about my sermon this morning. But uh, if you walk through my house, you would see three iPhones, three iPads, two Apple TVs, an iPod, three sets of AirPods, three Apple Watches, two MacBook Airs, and a MacBook Pro. It's nuts. I've spent some money on Apple products. But I know you didn't come to church this morning to get a history lesson about computers or to find out how much money that I've spent on Apple. But Apple has become the most uh, popular personal computer sold today. It's the main computer used today, and it's common to see it at pretty much every Starbucks, college campus, or office Cubicle. I know that's what we like to use up here. We have three of them. But for years and years, companies like IBM, Microsoft, Lenovo, they made the computers of the world. Apple was a total joke, an expensive niche product that only crazy people used. But people made fun of it, and it was about to go bankrupt. In fact, without a loan from Microsoft, the company would have gone under long ago. Then in 1984, Apple broke into the computer market with this ad, and it played during the Super Bowl and was called Think Difference. Check this out. purification of victims. we have created for the first time in all history a garden of pure ideology where each worker may bloom secure from the pests obeying contradictory rewards our purification of the laws is more powerful a weapon than any fleet or we on earth we are one people with one will one resolve one Twenty-fourth, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. I was two. Uh, How many of y'all remember who won the Super Bowl in 1984? Anybody? I made Aubrey uh, search it for me here real quickly because I forgot. It was the Raiders of all people. But uh, they won in 1984. (laughs) But Back to Apple. Because Apple thought differently than everyone else in 1984, it paid off big. So big that you all only know of a world that is made up of MacBooks, iPhones, iPads, iMacs, Apple Watches, and AirPods. But there have been all sorts of people that would think different. And it made them famous. Here's a few. Jim Henson, he was the creator of the Muppets, thinking differently that puppets could totally work on primetime TV. And they did. Amelia Earhart flew across the ocean solo, raising the status of women all around the world. Talk about thinking differently in a time when women were less than equal. And of course, Martin Luther King Jr., who thought differently by championing civil rights for all. Even Yoda thought differently. The list goes on and on, but there's one person who stands out amongst them all. His life and teachings have been recorded for us and preserved for thousands of years. And that is Jesus. And no, Apple did not use it. Use Jesus. I made that one. Uh, But Jesus taught the opposite of everything. He truly lived a think-different lifestyle. He said some crazy things like this. When someone hurts you, turn the other cheek instead of getting revenge. This life is not the end. It is just the beginning. Instead of pursuing money that will give you temporary happiness, give your life away to others to find true happiness. Instead of focusing on yourself, focus on others. Jesus was the opposite in every way. And just like Apple, if we choose to think different, I believe it could possibly change the world. So I want to challenge you this morning to think differently. Instead of following the crowd, being a part of the herd of teenagers and adults, I want you to and I pray that you will become someone who lives and thinks differently. So let's begin by me asking you this question. And the question is, why does everyone look the same? Why do you think everyone looks the same? I think the answer is simple. It's we just want to fit in. We want to fit in. We don't want to stand out. So we wear the right clothes. We say the right things. We watch the right shows. And we survive by just blending in. Most teenagers and adults are chameleons who want to blend in with their surroundings. And it isn't necessarily bad. We just know that standing out means criticism, pain, and bullying. But why else do you think we look the same? Well, I think it's easier to just act like everyone else. It's easier. It's easier to just agree with people, to act like them, to say what people say, to live like everyone else, not make any waves, not ruffle any feathers, When I was a kid, I expected a laugh at that because some people still think I'm a kid, but (laughs) when I was a kid, I used to love the lazy river over here at Wild River Country in North Little Rock. You get in an inner tube and you just go with the flow. You just flow with the current like everybody else. doesn't take much work. You just sit back and enjoy the ride But Jesus isn't content with his followers just going along with the crowd. He wants them to swim upstream. So what does this have to do with us in 2023? Well, I think that we really only have two ways of thinking. That is to go along with the crowd. That is the world's way. Following the culture just like everybody else. Or... We can think different, to be countercultural, to be like Jesus. So let me show you one of the ways this morning that we're supposed to think different this week by focusing on people. People this morning, church on the next message, and then the gospel on the third message, and we'll get there. But this morning, on people. Our problem is we tend to think like everyone else. And what I mean by that is we focus on myself, ourselves. I would focus on myself. The world says me, 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 and occasionally think about others. Look out for yourself because you are number one, or use somebody else so they can help maybe make your world more centered on you. It's all me, me, me. It's how we are wired. It's how we're wired. We are, self, are sinful and self-centered. And I know that's not positive this morning, but bear with me. We are sinful and self-centered. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse nine says this. The human heart... Is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's not very good for us, is it? Our heart is the most deceitful of all things. We are sinful and self centered. This verse teaches us that our default setting is sinful. So don't be surprised when your first thought is evil. And let me get a little personal with you for a minute here. When someone cuts me off on the road, when I'm driving, I don't gracefully usher them into the space in front of me. No, I want to keep up foreign relations with them. And my first thought is to follow them home and slash their tires. It's a good thing I don't have a Jesus fish on the back of my truck or a follow me to Bering Cross Baptist Church sticker on my truck. When someone cuts in front of me, say in line at Taco Bell, and by the way, don't ever get in front of somebody in their Taco Bell, I think about slapping the tray out of their hands and pouring their drink on them, right? When someone says stuff, talks about me behind my back, I want to invent all of these fake secret sins that I can spread about them on social media and tag them in it so they know that I said it. There are all sorts of seemingly legitimate reasons not to think differently, not to cut someone some slack, not to show someone grace, but instead Jesus tells us the complete opposite is the way to live, that we are to think different. We are to love others, and I said that stuff kind of facetiously this morning, but it is hard to love others, to think different. But Jesus did this all the time. When everyone else stayed away from the disease, the crippled and homeless people, he gave his life to them. When the gross part of the world needed help, like a leper who had a disgusting and very contagious disease, he was there. The least and the forgotten, that's what Jesus' life was about and the challenge is for us to do the same and that leads us to a second way we think this morning as we tend to think like everyone else we tend to want to get revenge i would get revenge and we all love a good revenge story if we're being honest we love those movies we love those books i was thinking about some of the most famous books this week on revenge The Iliad by Homer, Cary by Stephen King, Hamlet by William Shakespeare, The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas, The Princess Bride by William Goldman, right? We want revenge. It's how we're wired. It's what I call payback. We want payback. When I played basketball in high school, I don't know how many years ago, but... uh, (laughs) A friend of mine went to Walnut Valley, and some of you may not know that Little Rock Christian used to be called Walnut Valley when they were little. Little Rock Christian is huge now. But we were playing against them in their gym one night, and on a play, I rebounded the ball, and I turned around to pass the ball off to our point guard, which was Derek, and I got jabbed in the left eye by my friend and by his fingers. I'm not talking one finger, two fingers. I'm talking it felt like his whole entire hand touched the back of my eye socket. This was no ordinary, oh, I've got something in my eye. Let me, let me check out for just a minute. Wait a second, I'll be back in the game. No, this hurt more than anything. It took me out of the game the rest of the night. I drove home one-eyed. I don't know why Dad let me do that. And I couldn't see at all out of my left eye for the next day and for the next few weeks my eye had turned blood red like the terminator i had a terminator eye it was completely red and bloodshot now i don't know if my friend did this on purpose or not i don't think so but the point is i wanted revenge because he took me out of the game and i wanted to take him down the next time we played them at our place Well, we beat them at our place, and no, I didn't kneecap him or jab him in the eye. I let our playing and beating them be my revenge. See, Jesus challenges our wiring. He challenges the sinful, go-with-the-flow attitude and asks us to think differently. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21 says this never pay back evil with more evil do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable do all that you can to live in peace with everyone dear friends never take revenge leave that to the righteous anger of god for the scriptures say i will take revenge i will pay them back says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Jesus himself, in Luke 22, when he was on the cross, He could have called down a legion of angels to protect him, but he didn't even say a word. His challenge was to think different. And we are to think different. We are to forgive others. Forgive others. The opposite of what culture tells us to do by getting revenge. And, guys, I understand people are mean. People are selfish. People let us down. But if we're honest, we're mean. We're selfish. And we let others down too. The world says there are all sorts of reasons to give up on people, but Jesus calls us to something greater. He calls us to show grace. And why show grace to other people? Because he, Jesus, has shown grace to us some of the most famous verses in all of the bible john 3 verses 16 and 17 says this and you all can probably quote this back as we're reading it but for this is how god loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. He loved us. We have been given forgiveness that we do not deserve. Even though we fall short every day of being perfect, the Lord still chooses to love us. In fact, grace is what separates our fleeting idea of love from God's unconditional love. Grace allows us to see past people's brokenness and love them as they are because we have an understanding of God's grace for us. So this morning, why should we think different? Why should we think different? This is for those who know God's love and have accepted him as Savior. We should think different, because we are different. We have been changed. We are different. Here's the point. You need to remember how much grace has been shown to you. How much Jesus has forgiven you. Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, says this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Everyone knows this verse. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. And He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. God sees us as we could be he sees us as we could be and once we realize god's grace in our lives we can truly love others seeing them as god does which is loved by him so think different cut someone some slack this week one last thought this morning we need to think different by being quick to show the grace that we have been given to others we need to think different by being quick to show the grace that we have been given to others first peter chapter 2 and verse 12 says be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when He judges the world. Guys, showing grace is countercultural. And because showing grace is so countercultural, people will notice it. And they will notice Jesus' grace in you because you showed them grace. It might just be the first time that they ever truly experienced the grace of Jesus because you showed them some grace. So I'm going to ask the musicians if they would to make their way up here, but I'm going to ask you this this morning, and we're done. My question is this. How are you going to live? How are you going to live? Are you going to live like everyone else, go with the flow, treat people like crap and seek revenge? Or are you going to think differently out of a heart filled with love for Jesus that helps us live the opposite way of the world? Are we going to be a church that thinks different and operates differently because our hearts are filled with the love for Jesus and the grace that we show others just pours out and in turn we impact our community, because they see that we all live the opposite way of the world. Think different. I hope and pray that each of you will think different. Let's pray. Father God, again, we are so thankful to be in your presence and in your house this morning, Lord. God, if there is one who does not know you this morning, I pray that they find this grace and this forgiveness that you so freely give but god most of all this morning lord i pray for us christians that we think different that we want to be so much like you that we are countercultural, lord father i ask that your spirit move in this time of invitation lord i pray this in jesus name amen